This episode of Unconventional Engineering is brought to you by TechStreet, your choice for smart standards management. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to ASME's podcast, Unconventional Engineering. I'm your host, Executive Director and CEO of ASME, Tom Costaville. And here today, our co-host and ASME's Chief Operating Officer, Jeff Patterson. Jeff, as always, it's great to see you. Hey, Tom. I'm glad to be with you. Well, thanks for doing this. So today we have a very special episode. We're going to hear about an engineer's lifelong journey. Uh, today, there are more than 15 million engineers across disciplines worldwide, and, and that number is only going to grow. Now, while engineers are well known for their natural curiosity, they're finding that curiosity and their initial education and professional training are not enough to succeed throughout their careers. That's particularly true with the increasing pace of technological change. They, they need continuous professional development throughout their careers to remain relevant and, and effective. That's why ASME is taking a customer-centric approach to provide all of our constituents with the skills and networking experiences they need to thrive at every stage of their work life. Well, Jeff, uh, thanks for that. And I, and I totally agree with you. Uh, it is indeed a rapidly changing world and here to talk about it with us about his lifelong engineering journey is Andy Bikos. Uh, Andy is a longtime ASME member, volunteer, a member of the ASME Board of Governors. Andy has served as an ASME Congressional Fellow on several ASME committees, including an Industrial Advisory Board. Andy recently has retired from the Boeing Company after a culminating career of 35 years. But most importantly, Andy's a friend. And Andy, reading your story, it was just unbelievable. So thank you for joining us. Thanks, Tom and Jeff. Uh, I'm happy to be here. So Andy, a few weeks ago, uh, you and I had a conversation about customer experience transformation that ASME is undergoing, specifically the engineer's lifelong journey. In that conversation, Andy shared, as I mentioned, his lifelong engineering journey experience. Andy, uh, please begin by sharing with everyone where your journey began. Yeah, thanks, Tom. When I first uh, started at the Boeing Company after completing my PhD in 1987, uh, I was an engineering researcher working in the area of space vehicle composite structures, mechanics, and dynamics. Um, I had met another researcher at the company who had just been made a manager of a new group uh, for advanced structures and materials, and uh, he asked me to join his group. He had been given $200,000, uh, which in 1987 was a lot more than it is today, um, given $200,000 of internal company uh, research and development funding to get his group off the ground. Uh, the company expected that at some point for every dollar of um, internal funding that we got, we would have to get $5 of government or outside funding for uh, research work that would address uh, our customers' uh, key technical challenges in the systems that they wanted to procure. Um, so together, we developed a five-year plan to achieve these goals, focusing on large composite space structures, which was our main area of expertise in the division I worked at. And these were applicable to launch vehicles and spacecraft uh, like the space station, which uh, we were designing at the time with NASA. Andy, that sounds like a great approach. What was in your plan? So our five-year plan included um, 
results of a market analysis that we had done, uh, which was who were our key customers and the systems that they were interested in. And these customers were in the various government agencies like NASA, Air Force, um, and what were the challenges that they were seeing and how much funding were their agencies getting that were allocated in the president's budget and any specific line items that were targeted towards technology development. This included identifying uh, the key personnel in each government agency and who the decision makers were. We also analyzed who our key competitors were as well as who were their key researchers and partners in industry and academia. We noticed that most of these people, our government customers as well as our competitors, were presenting papers at various conferences, uh, predominantly the ASME Winter Annual Meeting at the time, and the ASME AIAA Structures, Dynamics, and Materials Conference. We also noticed that many of these same people were members of various society technical committees. And uh, we were members of ASME, but up until this time, not very active. Uh, so uh, we decided it was a time to change that. So Andy, uh, interesting, but what we were envisioning changing? We added to our plan that we would attend at least these two, these two major conferences so that we could see what technologies were at the cutting edge in the presentations as well as meet the presenters and network with others at the sessions, including professors and other industry people who we figured could potentially become our partners in pursuit of some of this business. Also included uh, were, you know, was that we would work within the society to get onto appropriate technical committees if possible. You know, we also studied and included uh, government five-year plans that are periodically published on, you know, what the development plans are, and that we would sort of align our plan to that. You know, and, and so we kind of tried to realistically look at this, and our plan was not really showing any real wins the first couple of years because, um, you know, we needed to kind of get ourselves known and that kind of thing. But after a couple of years, we should start winning some things as we got better respected and better known and our skills got better at, at writing proposals and, and, and meeting the right people. And we thought we had a realistic chance of meeting our goals in the fifth year. Based on this plan, when we presented it to management, we received a small amount of additional funding that would cover marketing and travel as well as a proposal presentation. So how did ASME play a role in your eventual success? Yeah, after uh, the first couple of years of meeting people at the conferences, uh, we also volunteered to chair sessions, which uh, you know means uh, working with your growing network to solicit quality papers uh, from the community for a session. As well as presenting our own papers, we became known in the community uh, and respected enough to be offered membership in technical committees. This was very important because the conferences and the technical committees are typically, or in those days, were typically made up of equal members of industry, government, and uh, university folks. The committee meet meetings were great uh, venues for getting to know not just your potential customers in the government, but also your competitors and potential partners uh, in industry and academia, all in a neutral setting. This is an example of ASME bringing together 
a community of engineers in a forum for exchanging of cutting edge ideas and research that provides the place for them to form teams, to pursue business opportunities, to address challenging problems. All in the process also, you know, it's also a, a place to gain valuable leadership experience outside of the company as well. Andy, that's a lot. Tell us, what were your results? Well, we actually um, did meet our goals, um, you know, getting this five to one return um, in the fourth year, the end of the fourth year, and surpassed them in the fifth year and uh, continued to grow thereafter. Um, that is fantastic. Uh, you know, I'd like to pivot, if we can, to your, your personal experience throughout all your engagement with ASMA. I know you've heard that we're developing what we call the engineer's lifelong journey, which is it's a complete offering of the products, the services, and the programs that support engineers throughout their career-long educational and professional lives. If thinking back, what experiences have you had in your years with ASME that helped you along on your journey? Early in my career, uh, before I had a lot of leadership experience inside uh, my company, I got a lot of leadership experience with ASME by taking on uh, a leadership role in the technical committees, in organizing conferences, and eventually in the Aerospace Division Executive Committee. And then later in my career, um, ASME provided a way for me to use my capabilities, both technical and leadership, to give back by working with the Industry Advisory Board, as well as the uh, Public Affairs and Outreach Sector, advising uh, both ASME leadership as well as U.S. government officials, um, even eventually, um, as Tom mentioned, uh, being a congressional fellow. So, Andy, uh, again, I, I can I completely enjoy this conversation. And and as you and I have talked with, with Jeff about, the goal of uh, the customer experience and the engineer's lifelong journey is to drive ASME's continued lifelong engagement, our satisfaction, retention, and loyalty with glo global customers. If you could offer one piece of advice to an early career engineer thinking about joining ASME, what would you say and why? Well, I would definitely say join ASME. Um, ASME will provide you a valuable avenue of opportunities that supplement and enhance what you can get on your own, either through your company or at school, um, just as it has for me. Lindy, thank you. And Jeff, thank you. Um, I appreciate both of you spending a few minutes today to talk about uh, the engineer's lifelong journey. You know, being an engineer, uh, I reflect back on some of the stuff that I went through, Andy. It, uh, it's very, very much similar. So, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for today's episode of ASME's Unconventional Engineering. A special thanks again to Andy Bigos for joining me today. And a very special thanks to our Chief Operating Officer, Jeff Patterson. Thanks to all of you for listening. We want to hear from you, and we want to know what you think, and we love your suggestions about potential future topics and guests. Reach out to anyone on our Unconventional Engineering production team or send an email directly to media at asme.org. To become an ASME member, please log on to asme.org, or to donate to the ASME Foundation, go to asmefoundation.org. For ASME, I'm Tom Costaville. Have a great day, everyone. Ah!